You're listening to the Fired Up Podcast Network. Let's get fired up. Daniel Garrett, and today we will be reviewing the Browns' 31-21 victory over the Houston Texans in their Week 2 game. The Browns go up early with a score to start off the game, go up 7-7. The Texans end up answering back to go to tie the game at 7-7 and then go ahead 14-7. The Browns then tie that game back up at 14-14 and go on again to score in the second half First, a touchdown, and then a field goal to go up 24-14 at the end of the third. And then in the fourth, the Texans come back, score a touchdown, get back to 21-24 before the Browns score the final touchdown of the game to make the score 31-21. Browns defensively had some struggles. And you look at Houston, especially early when Tyrod Taylor was still in the game before his injury, very, very effective team. You really look. Tyrod Taylor just had one incompletion, also had a touchdown, threw for 125 yards on 11 passes. Very efficient. And then Davis Mills, rookie third-round pick, came in, and they started to struggle a lot after that. Davis Mills only went 8 for 18 for 102 yards, a touchdown, and an interception. The Browns' run defense was fairly effective, actually. Only gave up 14 carries for 41 yards to Mark to uh, Mark Ingram. And David Johnson only added 6 for 24, which isn't bad. A little over 4 yards a carry. That's about what you want as the runner, but it isn't a lot of explosives. The longest run was only 15 yards, and that was by Tyrod Taylor. And that was his only run of the game. Overall, just solid there, but really struggled against the pass and coverage especially. Really did not have a good performance out Denzel Ward. And you saw the up and down performance even in a singular game out of Greg Newsom. Had his good plays, had his bad plays. And you look, and obviously John Johnson does a lot to help you out. Grant Delpit was very impressive in this game. You didn't really see a whole lot of Ronnie Harrison and your linebacking core struggled mightily in coverage. Now, the one player that I thought was fairly effective, obviously I thought Malcolm Smith did all right in the absence of Anthony Walker. And then you look at, in very limited snaps, Jeremiah Usakoromo was impressive. I thought he even did well inside the box. And I know we talked about it before. Typically with Jeremiah Wusakoromoa, because of his lack of size, you want to play him in that overhang position where he is outside the tackle box. However, he did get some snaps inside tackle box and held up just fine. He was not worse than any other Brown, and when he gets out into space, he is better than any other Brown. So, if he is not worse at his worst trait than anyone else, and his best trait is better than anyone else's best trait, 
there is no reason this guy should not be on the field for a majority of the snaps. Especially when Anthony Walker's hurt. Jacob Phillips is hurt for the majority of the year, if not the entire year. Anthony Walker's out for three weeks here. This was week one. At least two more games now without Anthony Walker. There's no reason that Jeremiah Koromoa should not be on the field. Uh, I'd say even now as a rookie, he's probably going to be our best, most productive linebacker. And I thought Sione Takitaki played a solid overall game. I thought he really showed some quickness and speed out there and was able to do a decent job at covering in the flats. Um, don't really want him doing anything downfield. He's just not good at it. So he played to his strengths, and that's really all you want out of a guy like him. And so really the reason that they struggled like this defensively, and giving up 21 points isn't necessarily the struggle. It's the fact that you gave up. A lot with Tyrod Taylor, and then when a rookie quarterback came in, that's when the struggles for the offense started to occur for the Texans. You really just were not able to do much effectively against Tyrod Taylor, and that is a real issue. And you had Brandon Cooks and Nico Collins be very, very effective in their time when he was in. And obviously, so Collins only had the one catch for 32 yards, but he also did draw... A penalty I believe and then Brandon Cooks drew one as well and those are big chunk yardages there and I thought both of them were pretty good and Brandon Cooks especially you're looking at 14 targets nine receptions 78 yards and a touchdown he, he was just going to them all day and they they weren't they were just they weren't taking a lot of shots and when they did they did draw that one penalty on Newsom I remember but overall they just weren't taking a lot of shots just taking what defense gave you and a lot of times that was Brandon Cooks on Denzel Ward and just not Ward's best game. And like we said before, Brandon Cooks is a very good player. There's nothing wrong with Brandon Cooks. It's just, you know, when you have a guy like Ward, you expect that to be a back-and-forth battle and not necessarily Brandon Cooks showing that he is the better player on Sunday. Now, going forward, week to week, I think Denzel Ward's going to be a better player, but he just was not the better player on Sunday. And so, you you had to live with it, but you don't necessarily love it. You want more consistency of a guy that is your corner one, especially when that guy is up for a contract extension after the year. You want him to show that consistency. Now, if it's just one bad game or even two bad games, that's fine. But this can't become a pattern, is all it is. If this becomes a pattern of performance, it's not that he's bad. It's just that... Him having some struggles makes you not want to pay him because he's going to command a lot of money. Because he has accolades and a high valuation due to previous performances. And so if he struggles this year and some holes start to show in his game, it's not what you want. What you want to do is you want this guy to perform very well. It seems very simple, but you really do need him to perform very well. You look over onto the offensive side of the ball. One of my biggest concerns was with the fact that <laughs> Janovich got two carries. I don't know why that was. And we saw this a bit more, even more balanced than it was in the first game. Um, Graham Hunt getting 13 carries to Chubbs 11. That's a, that even swings to the opposite direction 
and we talked about that in the preview where this is going to be a very balanced attack, especially early in the year. And Hunt really was pretty good. 13 for carries, 51 yards. That's just a tad under four yards a carry. And then you look at Chubb, extremely effective. 11 carries, 95 yards, and a touchdown. And it's just extremely impressive performance out of Nick Chubb again, showing why I believe he's the best pure runner in the NFL. You, you leave a little bit on table when it comes to passing game when you're talking about best running backs, but as a pure runner, I don't know who's better than him out there. In terms of receiving performances, you really look at Demetri Felton was impressive, and you have a lot of guys that stepped up once Jarvis Landry went out with an injury and obviously did not have Odell again for this game. So you look at guys that aren't necessarily in those highly needed positions where they're a lot lower on the depth chart. Demetric Felton only had two catches on two targets, but had 51 yards and a touchdown was extremely effective there and also did pretty well on special teams. Harrison Bryant, four for 49, just a lot of stuff of him coming out of the backfield even as well. And just able to be moved around, and that's where he really provides a lot of his value. Austin Hooper added five catches for 40 yards, and you look, you get a total of 12 targets to your tight ends and a total of 11 catches, and you go over 100 yards to your tight ends. That just really shows the fact that these are, as a group a very effective tight end group you might not have that one dominant player and people might not say this is a great tight end room because they don't have that stud fantasy football player but guess what when you combine them they might not have the same versatility that you can get out of a guy like a kelsey or a kittle but when or a waller but when you take that next step down you have a lot of quality guys you have a group of three quality guys yes we don't have that elite player at the position but once you get past the elite of the elite and you just look at good groups where you're looking at teams that have guys that may be a little bit better but they only have that one guy maybe a little better than hooper or a little better than joku but they don't have that same depth that really propels the browns into a, a top tier top Eight, top 10 group at tight end and it's because of the depth of that group and it really showed in this game where Baker really looked for them and Baker was quite impressive now he did take a lot of shorter passes and then what you typically would see out of Baker just because he took what was there and that led to a higher completion percentage he completed 90 and a half percent of his passes 19 for 21 for 213 yards and a touchdown. Had an interception. I don't remember if that was the one that was considered the uh, the one where Donovan Peoples-Jones kind of got the ball knocked out. I believe that was a fumble, actually. So I'm, Oh, it was the Anthony Schwartz, actually, where Anthony Schwartz stopped running his route and just looked at the defensive back that was standing right where he was supposed to be, but even farther back, and he just stopped running his route, and then Baker threw to where Schwartz was supposed to be. So that interception is on Schwartz, and obviously you have that turnover, you have the fumble by Peoples-Jones, that, that Peoples-Jones fumble there, 
that's just a good hit by the safety. There's nothing you can really do about that. That's I'm not blaming anyone for that. That is, you know, maybe you don't throw that pass into traffic, but like you can't expect the safety to just perfectly put his hat on the ball like that after the catch. And I, you can't knock anyone for that. That's just a good play by the defense. The interception, that's on Anthony Schwartz. Anthony Schwartz needs to, you need to fully run your route. You can't be scared to go over the mill when there's a defensive back going downhill onto you. You can't be worried about getting laid out on that. And it's just very, very, very much a rookie mistake. It's a rookie mistake. He's a rookie. Rookies make rookie mistakes. Nothing extremely surprising there. You look along the offensive line play, and you really saw a very solid unit. And, you know, there there was some pressure going on. I didn't think Conklin had the best day in the world, and I didn't think he was exceptional week one either. But, you know, I don't think he's playing badly. I just don't think he's playing up to the standard he set for himself last year in Cleveland. And then Jedrick Wills obviously played, started the game. He did go out a little bit early. I think that was more of a preventative thing when we were up big. They were trying to really make sure that it was just out of the way. Because you really saw once we went up 10 there at the end, he wasn't playing at all. I don't even believe he... I don't know if he was even in on the last touchdown drive either. I don't remember at what point he went out of the game. But... He did go out of the game towards the end, and I just don't, I don't see necessarily offensively what you can do better. Like, obviously, so you, scoring 31 points on anyone is pretty good, but it's the Texans. If there's anything wrong with them, it's their defense. It's pretty porous. So you can say, oh, 31 points isn't the best, but, you know, like, you look at what the Browns need to do better, and it's, hey, don't... Anthony Schwartz, don't make a rookie mistake by stopping running your route. And then, oh, you got unlucky with the turnover there. And then, you know, you had some third down struggles. Only going four for nine on third down, not ideal. You really want to be a, a bit higher there. And you, you don't want to take as many penalties either. But, and they did have three fumbles. Only one was lost. So you really, you're looking ball control. You, you need better ball control. You need to be more efficient on third down and in the red zone because obviously red zone efficiency wasn't terrible, but like it, you're playing the Texans, which we said competent team, decent team, solid team, better than what people expected. Still probably winning like two, three games. May, maybe they can win a few more because they do have a rather easy schedule, but you know, like it's a bad team. It's a top five pick team. This is not a team where you should necessarily have it be close at any point realistically. And you look outside of the penalty yardage, the turnovers, you look and special teams wasn't necessarily great. You only averaged 40 yards a punt on your two punts. And like, yes, your returns were decent. I applaud Demetric Felton for those. And, you know, you're not looking at something awful, but when you combine everything, the turnovers, the third down issues, the red zone, you only go two for three on scoring in the red zone, let alone, let alone touchdowns, just scoring. You 
don't you even put more balls on the ground than what you actually turn the ball over. You don't necessarily pass the ball a ton. You don't have a ton of success when it comes to stopping the pass, especially early on when it was Tyrod. The only real positive here is, you know, efficient offense and then good job stopping the run. Okay, you need to do better at the other aspects. Now, the other aspects don't really matter when you're playing the Texans, and they probably won't matter a whole lot when you're playing the Bears next week either, especially if you can control the clock like we did this week and get 35 minutes of the possession of the play clock. You, you, If you can do that, you're going to beat those bad teams. But if you're going to struggle on the auxiliary aspects of the game... That's not going to be ideal when it comes to playing these better teams, like when we get a Chiefs rematch. And guess what? Everyone was complaining. We struggled on special teams. We had that dumb punt dropped on special teams last week that kind of cost us the game. And there were other stuff too, like the turnovers. And, you know, it it doesn't have to be a problem when you have these freak turnovers like the people's jones fumble and then chubb just never fumbles and he fumbled against the chiefs and so when you have stuff like that and the shorts interception and the baker the shorts caused their interception this week and baker trying to make a play into the game last week trying to throw the ball away those those are freak incidents of turnovers but if you keep having freak incidents of turnovers every single week that is a problem that becomes a habit that is a pattern and what you don't want is a pattern of dumb turnovers it it will not help you it will actively hurt you actually (laughs) and so you really have to clean up the simple stuff when you're playing a game like this and the same thing goes for next week when we play the bears you got to clean up the simple stuff now you have positives like you only gave up 2.9 yards of carry great you were able to control the clock great your average yards per attempt is over 10 great you just look and it's just not a very effective way to win against good teams This works when you have the superior talent. Running the ball 30-something times down a team's throat, controlling possession, works great when you have more talent than them. But what doesn't work great is only throwing the ball 21 times in a game if you are playing a good team. And, like, I get it, we didn't have to, but it was close at points, and we took too long to actually get to the pass. At the beginning, we were very run-heavy, and that really hurt us at the beginning of the game. That's why Houston was able to jump out to an early 14-7 to lead. It it wasn't helping that we wanted to be so run-centric. And as we said, a lot of this stuff, and I'm ranting a little bit here, it doesn't matter against a team like the Texans. It won't matter next week against the Bears. It's going to matter when we play the Ravens both times. It's going to matter when we go play the Chargers. It's going to matter when we do stuff, when we play these other good teams that we got on our schedule. Our schedule isn't a bunch of cupcakes. We got some good teams. 
Oakland's looking solid offensively. Their defense is atrocious, but they look like they have a solid offense. Denver has a solid defense. The Chargers are pretty good on both sides. That's our AFC West that we still have to play. We still have the NFC North. We got the Packers to play still. If the Packers ever turn around, they got Aaron Rodgers. You know, it's not this cupcake schedule like we had last year playing the NFC East, okay? We don't we don't get luck luck like that every year we don't play the worst division in football every single year okay we got a t- we got a comp a divisional matchup here where it's going to be some tough games and when we play the good teams we can't play like this i'm sorry i know we won by 10 but we can't play like this and actually expect to win and now you look at the way the it start out it went punt td fumble interception that's an awful start if you're playing a good team, you're down 21 to 7, not 14 7. And then we go TD, TD, field goal, TD. And then that's that's good. That's what we want. In the game, punt, and then end of the game, which, fine, that's whatever. Ideally, you don't want any three and outs. We did have just the one three and out. And it isn't. It isn't ideal when we're playing the Texans. If we're playing a good team, it's understandable. And we did force some three and outs. And like I said, our run defense was very effective. Our passing defense was effective once Tyrod Taylor went out the game. And when we're talking about Tyrod Taylor being the swing point for how well we can defend, if that's uh, if that's what we're going off of, uh, we're screwed the rest of the year. Because if we can't defend against Tyrod Taylor, we're not going to be able to defend when we play Aaron Rodgers and Patrick Mahomes again, okay? So, all in all, effective performance, but I just want to harp on this. If we play like this, we're going to lose a lot of games against good teams. Our offense is going to carry us. Our defense played bad. And, you know, need better performance out Denzel Ward. Need Greg Newsom to level out with the inconsistencies you need more jeremiah with you need more production opposite miles garrett miles garrett was, had a tough matchup laramie tunsil's a good player okay there there's a reason texan trade a bunch of first round picks and it's not because he's not good now was it a little too much in my opinion yes but you know they traded multiple first round picks because he's a good left tackle and they needed a good left tackle and so when you're facing good left tackle, you can't rely on Miles Garrett to do everything. And I know there was some concerns with Malik McDowell got injured early. I don't remember how much he actually played if he came back in. But, you know, with him even being hurt, even if he did get back in, just really wasn't very effective up there. And, you know, you just need these guys to be more effective as pass rushers. And then you also have the fact that, your secondary was rough. Your linebackers are going to be rough unless you play Jeremiah Wusakoramo more. The defense is a big concern here going into week three. And you look, and this is a this is a good team to play when your defense is struggling to try to get that defense right because you're either going to be playing Andy Dalton or a rookie quarterback making his first start. So either way, it looks like a good time to try to get the defense right but really just not an ideal situation to be in when you spent a lot of money 
and resources on the defense. And, you know, Young, we, we talked about this before the year. The secondary is going to take time to grow and develop together. And it's going to help now that we have Delpit back. Delpit's flying all over the field. Delpit's playing great. You love to see everything that Delpit was doing on Sunday. And so it's not the end of the world. We have a lot of young, talented players that just need to grow together. But if you don't clean it up, you're going to lose a lot of games when it comes to really good teams. So that'll be it for us today. We will be back later this week to preview the Bears game. You know, see who the quarterback is. Give it a little time to find out what's going on there. But until then, let's go Browns and let's get fired up.